Welcome to Full and Frank, a series of podcasts from Acris Exchange, spanning the worlds of finance, politics, sport, and the media. Welcome to this Full and Frank podcast on behalf of Acris Exchange. I'm Michael Wilson, and I'm joined by my good friend David Buick. Good day, David. Good morning, Tuesday. And our special guest uh, in this podcast is a woman who's had a huge success um, at a very tender age, if I can put it like that, in a very tough financial environment. She's Melissa Lewis. Welcome. Um, just, just let's 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 get the family sorted out first of all. Where did you actually grow up, if I may ask? Yes. So I grew up in Wanstead. Um, we lived in Newbury Park when I was first born, and. Um, yeah, we moved to Wanstead in East London, and I was there until I was about 26. And what did your mum and dad do? Just so, you know, we, we just want for everybody just to paint a picture, because your success, you know, you embarrassed me how well oh. you've done. And I just wanted to know whether your background was uh, difficult, fun, yeah. interesting, tran- you know, transforming. Yeah. So I grew up in like a really traditional kind of, my mum, she still works in HR now, she's um a HR advisor so she was always in HR my dad was a solicitor and a magistrate um, and he'd done some various bits of work for Newham Council so I grew up in a in a household where everyone was always busy and summer holidays and half terms were dedicated to cleaning the house and doing chores as were weekends (laughs) so yeah did you manage to get away on holiday much or in the summer for a couple of weeks or not? Yes, we did. Yeah. So we we would do two holidays a year. Um, one would be like a two week kind of summer holiday and one would be just a city break. So I've definitely I, I mean, I've, I've tried to incorporate that into my adult life, um, you know, two holidays a year. But I know um, I know I just need a couple more years of just serious focus and then where myself and my business will be at, I'll be able to travel. Well, I was, I was going to say, I'm, later on in this podcast, I'm going to bully you because all yeah. work and no play makes Jack or Jacqueline a very dull boy or girl, if you know what I mean. And exactly. life's worth living. Anyway, let me let me just say, well, let's crack on from there. Thanks for that intro. That's, that's great. Now, you mentioned that mum started off in human resources. Now, when you left um, Greenwich University, mm. was it the fact that she was involved in human resources the reason why you went in there or did you see it as a springboard into business the way that some people see accountancy or the law so I so growing up teenage teenage Melissa was a bit of a nightmare I was a class clown and I felt like by the time I finished school I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I was still I fully believe that there's like a mindset you have as a child and you know adults say to you oh you know school isn't it there's a life after school but that's all you've known so it's it's it almost feels like you're almost in the Truman show like no guys this is this is my life I've done education and then I you know you you, you kind of feel lost after school um I I accidentally got my first HR job so I I left school I started to do an apprenticeship uh, with TFL absolutely hated it and I thought right I'll just kind of get an office job I've seen my mum work in an office you know my dad's traveling around going to you know working from offices and yeah, stuff. Yeah. so that's the route I'm going to take so it's not until I started in HR that I I guess I really spoke to my mum and she was like yeah I'm in HR too and I was like oh my goodness so it was it was a it's 
not so much now, but it was a, um, a topic of conversation at family events. So my auntie is in HR. She's like a global HR director. Um, one of like my cousin's girlfriend, she's, she's a HR advisor. Like everyone was quite senior in HR. So family events would turn into like, you know, let's talk about HR and, oh, did you hear about that new legislation? And yeah, <laughs> so that's kind I mean, of- it's a real, it's a real, Melissa, it's a real industry now. Mm. HR, isn't it? I mean, when I started the uh, city years ago, yeah. uh, well, back in 1962, I mean, there was none of this. I mean, the girls that I worked with in the office, I mean, I'm ashamed to say this, they owned half what I did. Yeah. There was no manager in the bank, not one. Mm. There, was a, there was a chief cashier called Kitty Edwards. I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm. And I think we had a celebratory party when she earned 500 pounds a year. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. And that's the way. But there was no question of human rights or of any kind of awareness of discrimination, whether it was job or anything else. It was just they are sign here. And when you've been here five years, I'll chat. We'll, we'll supplement your mortgage. To, I mean, mortgages then were about three percent and they used to pay half it for you. And that was it. Yeah. And now, of course, it's much more sensible. Mm. And. Did you, Michael, I'm, I'm talking a little bit too much now because I'm much more interested in what you've got to say, but tell us about property. Where the hell did that come from, HR? Yes, so I, I'd started, so one thing that I, I did learn very young was how important saving money was. We were never, or my, my parents were never strapped for, for cash, but what, like they were more focused on, you know, I guess, which is a generational thing, but they were more focused on like the household and kind of making sure we can afford to go on holiday and stuff like that. So when I had money, I, it's like, I, I kind of knew, okay, I need to, I need to save this because I, I might not need it today, but I may need it tomorrow. So I started saving when I was 16 and I bought my first car and carried on saving and I bought my second car. And um, usually at the end of each year, I, I, I'm really reflective on the year that I've had and the year that I'm going into. And I, so I must have been 25 at the time. So when I was 25, the Christmas of Melissa being 25, um, I was sitting and I kind of just looked through my account and I thought, actually, I might have enough here to, to buy a place. It's going to be small and it's not going to be in London but I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to buy something. So, you know, I spoke to a mortgage broker and just kind of carried on saving. But it was that process that made me feel, it's like I first, I fully felt like an adult. Um, the 25-year-old Melissa kind of, it's kind of like you finish school and you just get flung into being an adult and you're just meant to know what to do. And most of the time we don't, we all just kind of make it up as we go along. So, yeah, I thought, right, I'm going to buy a property. And it was, kind of as the year was progressing I was thinking like I'm, I'm enjoying this like this is a really interesting process I, I, I didn't know buying a house obviously I knew it wasn't just you know pop to your local supermarket and off you go with a new house but I just found the, the, the kind of process really interesting and I just thought for me at work as well I would start to feel like I would start a new job and I'd be all excited and then within a couple of weeks I would struggle to pretend and the the conversation on the Monday I could predict every conversation on Monday we're guaranteed to talk about it's the start of the week what we done at the weekend how we can't be bothered how we're ready to go home by Wednesday we're talking about oh, we're halfway through by Friday you know we're talking about the weekend and um some people don't mind that but I I would find that when we're talking about 
how much, you know, we don't want to be at work and we'd rather be, you know, out in the sunshine, I would be secretly crying on the inside. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to leave full-time work and I'm going to go into property. I had no idea how, where, why, what, um, but yeah, that's what I decided to do. So I was kind of researching around and I, I couldn't by this point. So I'd turned 26, you know, been living in my, my flat, which I'm now, I am in now in Essex. Um, so I kind of lived for a couple months in the flat and I thought I'm ready to take the leap. I didn't have, I should have, if I was to do it again, I would have probably saved a little bit more to kind of bridge the gap between full-time work and income every month to just, you know, you've got to make it on your own. Um, but yeah, I joined an online estate agent as a franchisee and then it went from there really. And, and you, you started off, um, I think if this is correct, did you start off in um, in, in London and W6, was that? Um, so right. that I was working in, right. in those, okay. those areas. And so t- tell us a little bit about ML Property Ventures. What, yes. What, what, what do you do that an estate, estate agent doesn't it it looks like a pretty holistic operation if I can put it like that yes so I'll kind of just go back a step so when I was working um you know with the franchise I was meeting investors and they were saying oh Melissa this is the types of properties we want this is how you work out the return on investment refurb costs like market rates that kind of stuff so like this is what we want you to look for and of course being quite early in my early on in my career I was thinking um wow like I've, I've I found a gap in the market like oh, no one's thought of this I'm just going to look for properties for investors like my mind was blown I could pretty much taste the yacht and the champagne like I thought this is it um so that's why I started ML Property Venture it's not until I then started to go to more networking events that I realized that everyone sources property. So that's that was like the core kind of purpose of starting. And then clients that I had either met at you know networking events, meetings, or people I had spoken to in the past were saying, Melissa, could you still do that property services for us? So now I have like auction houses and like self-managing landlords. Uh, they contact us for viewings you know interim inspections inventories tenant check-ins tenant checkouts like all that kind of stuff so it's a it's a a composite business sorry that i mean you it's a composite business so you provide services you're also an estate agent and also a manager yes so it i'm not quite sure it as i explain the journey it all makes sense so you know i started off sourcing and then you know people are coming to me, like the customer is coming to me. So, okay, I, I must do property services. And then um, as, as more time had gone on, I, I had a landlord at the time who, you know, he had a HMO and he was like, oh, like, do you know anyone who does rent to rent? And I'm a real person that, like, I'm a real, like, say yes and work out how to do it as I go along. So, um, yeah, I told that landlord, yeah, you know, do you know what, I'll take it. Like, I'll do a a rent to rent it's called a company let happy to explain what that is in in a moment um and then we've kind of built our portfolio up from there how many um how many sort of properties have you uh how how can i put it yes. negotiated for other people to buy uh, and how many in ml's uh, ventures portfolio just just to give us an idea yeah. over the last few years yes. of how quickly it's grown so the portfolio there's four we've got four um for rent to rents, all they're all six beds. 
and I'm going to see another one today actually but in terms of sourcing I would say we've worked with about eight people um, and that's a mix of like repeat buyers or they've recommended me to someone else and they've not quite bought a property from me but they've you know I've seen a land site that isn't one of mine that I've kind of passed them over to so yeah and and your 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 businesses have been recognised, haven't they? Because as I understand it, you were a finalist in the Essex Countrywide Business Awards Show in 2021. You were nominated as, as Business Person of the Year in, in in that sort of category. Why the area particularly of Essex? Yeah. Why do, what, what what's special about that to you? It's it's literally where I live. I I've kind of managed to build a life for myself. Um, what I've found with my my life is I've not planned any of it. So I'm 31 now and um, 26 year old Melissa just thought, yep, I'm going to buy a property. And then it was like, oh, I'm going to join a franchise. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to start a business. And like every day, new opportunities kind of come my way. And yeah, I've slightly lost what the question was. So I feel like I just went off on a no, no, Well, I mean, what, what, we, what we wanted to, Michael wanted to know is, you, you've honed in on Essex. Now, Essex yeah. is a, a developing area uh, close to London, the rest of it. But somebody yeah. with your vision, I think what Michael and I would both like to know is that do you have aspirations to expand, uh, whether it's Berkshire or Kent or I don't care, or Inverness? Yeah. Um, what we want to know is that with somebody who's as brilliant as you are and as outgoing as yeah. I mean, Essex, great place and all that, but it's a big world out there. You're gonna, you're gonna take it on or not? <laughs> oh, most definitely. Even the the stock that I find. Um, so one lady who's bought two properties from me. We actually went to university together, and she saw my social media, and then she got in touch, and she's since bought two properties. But both of those properties are in County Durham. So I just because I'm just in Essex, I, oh, would, I, I don't limit myself to just Essex. But I think secretly, I'm really proud of myself that I moved to, so, you know, when I was living in Wanstead, I'd never heard of Perfleet. Um, so those who know about Perfleet, it's very close to Lakeside Shopping Centre. So I knew of Lakeside Shopping Centre. I didn't know about the surrounding areas, but I've managed to, it'll be five years later on this year that, you know, I've, I've been here. And in the five years, I've not only built a business, but I've become not recognized I'm not exaggerating you know I don't go out and people like Melissa Melissa like please sign our bit of paper but I've I feel like I've I've kind of made the area you established yourself I've established myself and because of the property services work that I do there's not a road or an area that I go to kind of you know locally that I've not seen the inside of at least two or three houses. And I'm now that annoying person that when I'm driving along with someone, I'm like, oh, I've been in that property. And oh, I've been in that property. And oh, I saw when they were refurbing that. And yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so that, that's, that, that, that local knowledge is, is clearly extremely valuable. You also, as well as all this, do you have a reputation of, for being a, a motivational speaker <laughs> what what what's what sort of things do you do, do you talk about to people yes so I I I'm quite honest and open with my journey and and where I'm at and no one warned me how difficult the whole entrepreneurship is you kind of do get like you you read posts and you hear people say oh you know it's really tough and it 
hearing that it's tough doesn't really explain the the constant determination that that is needed and for me personally I feel like my it's it's kind of like a, a cell in the brain entrepreneurship and it's for me it's it's increased over time it's just naturally grown and I've become more strategic the longer I've gone on so I try to explain to people when they see me smiling on on Facebook I still I'm still not at a place where I'm like right ah, you know let's can't you know can't speak to anyone today because I'm off on the yacht for for a week it's I I try to explain to people that it's really difficult but it's also really rewarding and you've just you like the challenge don't you yeah but I I didn't know that I liked to challenge until I started all of this um I had a situation last week where um I had some like all of the tenants had left the property the cleaner was meant to come at 6 p.m I'd got there about six six o'clock and the cleaner hadn't turned up and the property needed to be cleaned that night and I panicked I made a few calls like just trying to see if I can get somebody else it needed a deep clean and of course as it's getting later and later you know it's now coming up to seven o'clock there isn't a cleaner that's going to clean so guess who's doing it me and also because my staff are currently remote I and I wouldn't I wouldn't call my staff at 7 p.m and say actually guys you know drop what you're doing I'm in North London come and help me clean and I was there until 2 30 a.m now if you said to me a couple of years ago, oh, Melissa, you know, you're going to start this business and you're going to be in a property till 2.30 cleaning up after people who, to, this should have been done yourself. I would have been like, nah, not doing that. <laughs> I'm, I'll be knackered by then. But you, what I try to explain to people is you're, you're not going to have all of the answers on day one or day two or day three. And if you believe that you can, you've then you've got to do it. Like if you think, so, you know, I have, even friends that come up to me and they say, oh, Melissa, you know, I'm thinking of starting a business in this and I'm thinking of starting a business in that. What do you think? And I always say, yeah, go for it. But you need to be 100% sure that this is what you want to do. And they're like, oh, well, what if I'm not 100% sure? And I say, do it anyway. Because <laughs> you're only going to look back and think, oh, I wish I kind of gave it a whirl. Go on. No, no, no. It's just a reward thing. Just pushing in uh, to think. What I'm enjoying so much about this chat that we're having is that you exude confidence. And therefore, as a motivational speaker, you yeah. seem to have two brilliant criteria. One's confidence, and the other is true grit, hard work. I mean, it's a wonderful film that Michael and I are just about old enough that was made I think it was <laughs> 70 years ago, not quite, by an Italian-American actor called John Cassavetes, and it was called A Man is Ten Feet Tall. Mm. And he went into a business um, that he didn't have a chance of succeeding in. And it was, it's a sort of roundabout way of coming through. And you, as far as I'm concerned, you sort of familiarised that. Would that be a fair analysis? Oh, I, I really like that analysis. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, I, I do think about this sometimes. My, my confidence comes from not knowing what I'm doing and doing it anyway. My confidence comes from people asking me if I do some, if I can do something. I'm saying yes, and I'm panicking, and I'm like a swan with my legs kind of kicking furiously under underwater, and it's really difficult to explain. I didn't know that I was this person. I, I've grown into this person accidentally. I've this isn't. I I didn't know I was this person. Like well, you, Melissa, caught, you, you, you yeah. clearly caught this disease somewhere, or yeah. dad, or both, or just or just caught it. I've just caught it and I can't seem to <laughs> I can't seem to shake it but yeah I 
what, what about the, I mean, when, when, when people sit in front of you, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're massively inspired by all the, all the kind of stories that, that you tell and, and to meet you in the flesh, I'm sure is, 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 is a treat for them. What, what, I mean, elsewhere, of course, the whole economy is going through a cost of living crisis at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, what, and, and, you know, there, there are, as you know, there are people vying to be prime minister and all that kind of thing. And there's a yeah. usual kind of business about help for businesses and all the rest of it. What, what, what do you feel about that? Is, does yeah. business actually need help? Do you worry about the cost of living or do you just get on with it? Um, so I do find it really scary. I, I do. It's and my jaw still drops now when I get petrol um, or, you know, when I'm going food shopping. So I'm, I'm definitely affected, just as affected as, as everyone else. I think the way that I survive or the way that I kind of continue um, without like adding additional stresses, I, I try to not worry about these things. I try to see, I try not to, of course, the economy affects me and it, it's affected business as well because with rent to rent we we cover bills so in in every area I've noticed a sharp increase but I've seen it as an opportunity to look at how we can so in terms of business I've looked at how we can add value so how we can improve properties to be able to increase the the, the rental um, amount you know the rental income so I think my my whole focus is just finding a solution or or just getting on with it really um so yeah so as I say I'm I'm still massively affected and it does frustrate me especially when I'm getting pictures I'm like how <laughs> how how has this happened but I it's I feel like isn't it? I mean I've just got a little old cash card yeah and in the last six months filling up a tent's gone from 75 quid to 125 pounds I mean oh it's breathtaking. Can I can I just sort of ask some more general uh, questions about yeah. the economy? Um, basically, because I want to know what you think about property long term. Yes. Because I think you've got nerves of steel, which I think is great. I mean, personally speaking, Andrew Bailey, the governor of the Bank of England, has taken a serious stick for not ramming these interest rates up. Yeah. I'm not really against him to that degree, because what I think he's very mindful of Mm. is he doesn't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. So, you know, he jacks them up by, say, up to 3%. That, mm. as a mortgage cost, is massive. It would have a serious effect. A number of people who'd be in negative equity, a number of people who'd have to leave their jobs. Mm. It, it's, it's not worth thinking about, in my humble opinion. I mean, yeah. you know, if this inflation goes on much before um, uh, March of next year, then mm -hmm. Dee Buick hasn't got much hair on the top of his head. He ain't going to have any. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just slightly concerned about yeah. the fact. And one of the things, I'm, I don't know what it is, but, you know, when I talked to you about guilt yields for 10 years, I think they've come mm -hmm. down now from about two and a half percent to about one point nine percent in the last five weeks. That's the cost of borrowing to the government. Yes. Are you um, do you believe that interest rates actually won't be jacked up for the reasons I've given? Are you happy that? how can I put it everybody's mm. home is their life and yeah. I think that's terribly important um and, and and where do you and are you comfortable with the property market do you still think it's a fantastic asset even though mm. perhaps it's not as liquid as it was before going forward it's a long question yeah. forgive me Melissa, no 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 I'm going to answer the bits I remember but feel free to kind of prompt me yeah. if I've missed something so probably start with the last question first um 
it is tough at the moment. I think my whole kind of um, view on these things is looking at looking for solutions. Like I, I try to think solutions and I, I'm seeing and I recommend people change strategies. So, for example, there are some people who who do flips and they, their sole focus is focusing on just flipping a property, you know, buying it reasonably cheap, doing it up and then kind of selling it on. But with the change in interest rates, so for some people I'm noticing flips don't work as well as just getting a buy to let or can you can you explain to me just for people who are listening to this pub what a flip is a flip yes so a flip is where you buy a property in an ideal world you want that to be below market value you refurbish it modernize it look at and you kind of want to bring up to a higher standard yeah um and then you sell it on so you then complete the, the refurb refinance it sell it on Got it. Yeah. So there are some people who just focus on just buying into kind of property projects, but there are people who want to refurb it and then hold it basically. So, you know, do a buy to let on it or convert it into a HMO. So I've, I, I, I have various conversations about this every day, but it's every, it all depends on different circumstances. Okay, really. right. I, I still think property is the way to go it's always going to change the housing market doesn't stand still it's and i i don't believe we're gonna you know get to a certain point and and then it, i don't think it's going to stand still basically this the kind of roller coaster we're on is going to continue and then it might you know kind of seem like things are getting better and then there'll be something else mm-hmm. so i guess my point is the property market is always moving and shaking and for people who who have the money or that you know they're thinking long term that they will get into property regardless of you know interest rates and stuff like that you you talk a lot about the movement and, and not standing still you, you are a classic example of somebody i could i can see who never never stand still um, and i'm sure that some of these entrepreneurs are listening to you they say okay that's fine you've got a successful business what about me what about my own life are you able to step away from it or is that still something that you're looking forward to stepping away from my life well you know getting getting you know filling other parts of your personal life rather than just concentrating on business all the time oh this is something else I think about so I I'm single and I live alone and you know if you asked the the 20 year old me where I would be at the prime age of 31 I would have said oh you know married kids stable job um pension pot growing two holidays a year, nice car on the driveway, full stop. Um, but what's actually happened is my business has completely taken over my life and I wasn't really prepared for that to happen. It has happened, but it's because I've seen how I have managed to get myself to this point. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure at some point I will kind of slow down and, and meet someone, but at the moment I can really see the the growth. I can really see the progress and I'm I'm just I I feel completely fulfilled at at this point and Mm -hmm. you know weekends I do take a bit of a break even if I'm doing viewings on a Saturday morning by Saturday afternoon evening I make sure I see friends I see family so I'm not completely like that person is just business 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 you know 24 7 but for me personally I didn't know that I didn't know my full capabilities I didn't know that I had the grit that I have I didn't know that I could deal with you're not really given a manual for these things and you know having my own portfolio I've had tenants being arrested I've had police raids I've had like the usual maintenance oh the wi-fi is not working I've 
you know people getting locked out in the middle of the night like I've a break in like I've I've had it all and I didn't know that I could deal with it and and I can so I'm gonna get back to a reality now I don't know whether mum or dad or you know your best friends but one of the I think the best piece of advice ever given to me by my father, and I have to confess, I never heeded it, but now that I'm in the twilight zone, I do think about it. The art of good management is delegation. Mm. Now, I think you deal with everything from corporate finance to paper clips. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I don't think you should, because I think you're the big picture person. I know, obviously, you pay a lot of attention to detail. I can tell, Michael and I can tell that by listening to you. But I would like to suggest to you that uh, ML Ventures, Property Ventures, should be up in Bishop Auckland or Consett or Workington, or if you want to go really upmarket, Windsor. But you can't do that, Melissa, on your own. You've got to find and put together a team that make you smile like a Cheshire cat, which you're doing now, and make you immensely rich and very happy. Am I talking nonsense or does it make sense? I... I completely concur. Like, I even want to give you a round of applause because I agree. Another thing that people don't tell you along this journey is because it's your your baby, it's your child, You, it's very difficult for me to relinquish control. So I have two members of staff, um, one who just... How many do you have just out of interest? Just, just two. Oh, right. Sorry. I'm here. Yeah. Sorry. It's fine. So I have two members of staff and I have to, I have to hold myself back not getting involved and I'm I'm really struggling and I really I'm sure all business owners feel like they wish they could have a second them so yeah I do have a team both both of the ladies who work for me are absolutely fantastic so one lady just deals with tenant tenant issues property maintenance issues that and then one lady deals with social media but we've had like a I've needed help on the property side so I've said to her like just stop posting for a second we need help. We're, we're growing the portfolio quite rapidly and, you know, it's, we need all hands on deck. So I have the team, but I just need to trust them. And it's not that they're not trustworthy. I've, I've been very, very blessed, very grateful to have two people who, who share the vision. But it's really hard to not get involved and <laughs> try to do everything. Like yeah, I, I know. But, it, you know, the thing is that all great companies and let's, you know, from little acorns to great big oak trees grow. And, you know, you're the big... Uh, oak tree but you you're going to have to let a few acorns fall off the tree every now and again to sort of expand your business i hasten to add i'm not criticizing i'm in awe of you but just to say it would be awful if you were washed up at 35 you know because you've been flat to the boards you know every single minute of the day life's for living and i just think what you've done is incredible mm-hmm. um one other thing michael sorry forgive me could i just one yeah. trend of thought for the game when you go to an area, do you have the drains up uh, in terms of the type of people who live there, what their incomes are, what the potential is over the next five years, what the potential is over the next 10 years? Or do you just look at something saying, that's right at this moment? Mm. Um, a real mix of the two. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated with houses and I'm fascinated with how houses are kind of slightly different and layouts are different in different areas. But I try not to <clears throat> because I'm because I'm always I'm always switched on. I'm always working. If you know, if I'm moving across areas and I'm not specifically working. Yeah, I, I don't give it the, the full analysis that I should, I suppose. But I'm looking for 
I'm picturing my dream house. So I think when I am kind of driving around, I'm looking more for my dream house as opposed to, you know, just thinking about the area and what the area is going to produce and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I suppose <coughs> excuse me, regions of unemployment obviously will affect people as regards what the house prices are and the rest of it. Michael, come on in. What other views have we got? I would, could I just butt in and just say yeah. that? market and this is the unfortunate thing and I, I don't like to um you know it, it the way the the world is now I know it's tough and I'm I'm not saying this with like a smile on my face but the rental market is strong there is a real opportunity in the rental market now across all areas at the moment everyone is always looking for somewhere to live whether that's just a bedroom whether that's a two-bed house three-bed house so there is a real opportunity for investors nowadays. I think, fair enough, profits might not be as large as they would have been X amount of years ago, but it's it, the rental market is going from strength to strength, in my opinion. That was the that that was the question I was really going to ask because I think that most parents, you know, l listening to you, would be saying to themselves, "Well, my children, you know, just simply cannot afford to buy anywhere." So, in other words, if the rental market is stepping, is that what is that what you're seeing at yeah. the moment? It, 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 and to be fair, I have, so I've got a block of studio, um, a block of studio flats, and I have families of four wanting um, a studio. So it, it shows how, how buoyant the rental market is. You know, it's, it, it's difficult at the moment, but for investors and, and landlords, it, as I say, yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity because people, there is, for for me, if I advertise a room, I get hundreds of inquiries, absolutely hundreds. And it's a lot of conversation and, you know, a lot of kind of going back and forth and doing viewings. And it, it can be very time consuming. Um, but what I'm trying to say is there's constant rental demand. Hmm. Well, I'm sure I, I speak for, for both David, uh, well, for, for David as, as, as well as me, you, you've clearly been extremely successful all our best to you and and thank you very much indeed for sharing for sharing all your thoughts with us that's absolutely fascinating good luck to you don't you think so david i do very much indeed and i'd just like to say that i'm going to for the sake of um, good order that to say everybody listening to this podcast go to mlpropertyventure.co.uk and have a good look and i'm going to say something to you melissa yes. you go and have a look at make to rent .co.uk. This is a scheme which I think you'd be brilliant at. This is something that I've been talking to a friend of mine who's beginning to be very successful. You could either choose to rent these properties or invest in them. And it's quite an interesting idea. And I think the property market, as he has pointed, this friend of mine who runs this has pointed out to me, as you said, and endorses your sentiments, the rental market is incredibly strong. But the investment market still needs money. And I know you don't want to get political, but the government needs to do something about its house building because it ain't good enough. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah. On that note, bless your heart. Thank you very much indeed. We both enjoyed it enormously. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Thank you very much indeed.